All right, Buzz. Random question for you that I didn't didn't tell you that I was going to ask you, but I get I get asked this regularly, and everyone has a different trick. How do you keep your hands from ripping during workouts? Oh well, I mean, really, it's just from being not that tough and coming off the bar early. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great uh, that's one. A, just just come off a, the bar. Yeah, that's a that's a learned trick. It's what they call a veteran move, right there. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, in all seriousness, though, it's really trying to minimize the movement of my hands on the bar for any gripping style movement. So, like for example, a pull up or a toe to bar or something like that. It's just not allowing my hand to travel that much. Okay, from its original starting point. I'm pretty conscious of that, and I've gotten pretty good at it. So do you do any, like you've got a big workout coming up, do you do any callus trimming, shaving, no. brushing, nothing? Nope. No, nothing. I, uh, I don't do anything these days really. I mean, if my calluses get like really gnarly, then I'll, when I'm in the shower, I'll file them down a little bit, but that's pretty rare. I'd say I do that twice a year, maybe. Okay, interesting. Yeah. If, if I know I've got some good pull-ups coming up and I actually just did Lynn, the other day. Oh, I saw that. You you uh, had a pretty monster score, my friend. I, both, I appreciate that, but uh, but I was also shocked by some of the numbers other people put up there. Crazy! But yeah, yeah. <laughs> before that, I just, at old school, I don't know if this is barbaric or a barbaric or not, but toenail clippers. I just, oh, yeah. ch- I just chunk them out with toenail <laughs> clippers and it works fantastic. And if I do that, I've got no worries at all yeah. being in the pull-up bar. But, yeah. but you know, that's something it took me a while to learn. I've had some horrific tears, which through lessons learned, I, I figured out how I could minimize that. And and that might be something that somebody would say is a more of a veteran move or you figured it out, which kind of leads well into what we're talking about today, which is going to be uh, beginner athletes, intermediate athletes, advanced athletes, and more importantly, how each of those categories measure progress right yeah well and what a segue that was well done from calluses to categories did you like that a veteran a veteran move i I ripped more (laughs) as a beginner than i did as an intermediate now hopefully years later i mean i rip very infrequently so yeah you know when we were chatting about this earlier you said that you've got the beginner as you know you're you're a fresh brand new athlete then you have kind of novice and intermediate lumped together. And then the final category would be the advanced or let's call it the late stage crossfitter. Yeah. So yep. when you have these three categories in your head, do you are you associating for simplicity beginner, intermediate, and advanced with certain time windows, meaning the beginner has been there zero to six months, intermediate a little bit more? How are you breaking those up in your head? Is, is it time? No, it's even simpler than that, man. It's a sub five minute Fran is, no, it's, <laughs> it's not quite that way. Uh, I'm, the way I approach that is kind of big, broad categories. And it doesn't necessarily always import the same way to every individual. So, you know, somebody might be in the beginner phase for a lot longer than their friend or somebody else who's coming from a different background. And I don't think it's as important to really categorize by like time in the game, so to speak. Okay. Uh, as it is to kind of look at some other key indicators, if you will. Okay. So, for example, in your mind, when you think of the, the beginner athlete, what are some of the defining characteristics that would make somebody in the beginner bucket? I think the beginner bucket is somebody who's really still kind of mapping out the territory and getting the 
what would you say, like the, um, the behaviors that make the CrossFit program work, getting familiar with those. So for example, it's like you have this huge sheet that represents kind of the CrossFit landscape. And somebody who's been around for years, they can plot their way through every part of that sheet. They know the weightlifting movements. They know the gymnastics movements. They know kind of the funky strongman stuff. Mm -hmm. You can't really throw something at an individual like that that they haven't experienced. Or if they haven't experienced that specifically, they've done something close enough to it that they can figure it out pretty quickly. The beginner, on the other hand, is like, the blank slate. They don't know the map of the territory yet. They're still not sure what the movements are when you tell them, hey, this is a clean. That doesn't mean anything to them yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, They're still getting used to the idea of building the habit of getting to the gym on a regular basis. You know, They're still getting used to the idea that there's going to be a lot of skills that they don't have yet that they're going to need to acquire and start to refine. Um, so to me, that's what really kind of defines the beginner more than time spent is, okay, how much of a map of the territory do you have right now? And how much are you still kind of figuring out? You know, yes, yeah, so the word clean might not mean much. If you say today's yeah. a, a monostructural component, they're just have a blank stare, you know, yeah. coming back as to what that is. Midline stability is probably they've never sure. heard that uh, thrown around before. And they're obviously in the process of learning all of that, that overwhelming amount yep. of information, terminology, movements, nomenclature. And so if that's if that def- defines the beginner, then how does the beginner measure progress? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of different ways the beginner can measure progress and and there's some easy wins in there. You know, it could be as simple as hey, I made it to the gym 3 times this week. Absolutely. You know, I, for I, sure. Yeah, I I got to the affiliate, you know, x amount of times this month. That's a huge win, you know, especially in the beginning when you're starting to build that up. Um, so that it could be as simple as that. Uh, it could be as simple as, you know, I could not squat to parallel and now I can. I wasn't flexible enough to get overhead and now I'm getting closer to that. I know, Pat, that's your specialty. I, I feel like there was a bit of there was a bit of an arrow shot right there. <laughs> uh, you know, so basic skills like that. And then you could you could take that one step further to movements. Um, you know, maybe you're not quite at the level of capacity to do a pull-up yet, uh, you know, or you haven't been exposed to that particular movement or that style, like say in a kipping pull-up. And so number one, I've started to be able to recognize it. And then the second step is, can I move towards executing it myself? So that both of those would be good ways for a beginner to start to measure progress. You know, and not to get off on a tangent, but if we do, who cares? The... (laughs) All of those things should be celebrated, right? And I think it Absolutely. can be easy yeah. if you've been around for years to forget how much of a big deal it might be yep. just to squat to a medicine ball because that seems like something you haven't had to think about in years. For sure. Uh, yeah. Or to, to jump rope or a, a box jump or whatever it is. So all those things should be, if you're the trainer or the gym owner or the coach, yeah. extremely celebrated and noted so that this beginner can see that they are making this sort of progress. The thing you touched on, which is a minor point, but not really, it's huge, the consistency. I almost think we have to yeah. hit on oh, that yeah. again because in that initial stage, right, what a delicate stage for the beginner. I mean, you might have yep. somebody coming off the couch. Maybe they were scared to enter a CrossFit gym for whatever reason, and they, they got up the courage to do it, and now you need to cultivate them and care for them in a way that... that 
is good for both parties. You want to maintain yeah. them as a client and you and they need to do it for their own health and well-being. But if you dose them up too quick or you put all this undue pressure on them, it's going to be bad for both parties. So if you are conducting yourself in a way that this new client continues to show up at least a few times a week, yeah, that in and of itself might be incredible progress, consistency, just flat oh, yeah. out consistency. Absolutely. And I think that that's, it can't be overstated how important that is. Um, you know, people can argue all they like about what methodology is the most efficient or why you might choose to do something one way over the other. Great. That's awesome to have those, those conversations. But at the root level, if the person isn't coming through the door, all of that is moot. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so they, they have to be there for there to be a discussion about best method. <laughs> You've said something which is looped into that, that, that I have quoted or misquoted you for many years about. And it, it is basically that, that if you have two programs, and let's say, I know that we're not going to like quantify this at the moment, but yeah. one is a good program. Yeah, yeah. And one, is a, and one is a great program. Well, if somebody goes to the great program sporadically, and you check back in with them in five years, but the other person went to the good program four to five times a week with unrelenting consistency and poured their heart into it, they're going to crush the person that sporadically yep. showed up to the great program. Absolutely. So again, consistency, consistency is absolutely key. So great ways for the beginner to measure where they are. So now if we move on to the intermediate athlete, again, in your mind, what are the defining characteristics that now somebody has moved from beginner and you would categorize them in the next camp of intermediate? Yeah, the the intermediate in my mind is, again, it's not necessarily coupled with like a length of time that you've been training or a particular performance in a certain workout, although those things can certainly help to you know inform you of the, of the athlete's level. But the intermediate in my mind is somebody who has a pretty good grasp of the basic techniques, at least... At, at sight and kind of sound level, you know, like you tell them we're going to do clean and jerk today. They know what that movement is. It's not they know the, which one is that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've got a good sense of what they're about to be doing. Um, you know, they have a pretty good understanding of that. If we go back to that map analogy, they're starting to kind of expand their understanding of the basic territory of what it means to train in the CrossFit world. Um, so a good understanding of the basic movements. Uh, certainly lots left to refine, but they're getting to the point where they've learned enough that they can start to kind of look externally for some of that motivation. I think this is the stage where people really start to think, okay, I've learned some of these things. How do I stack up against my peers? And, you know, mm. I think we all do that to some degree all the time. And that's kind of personality driven too. But I think once you've got your, your kind of mind around the basics, that's when you start to develop that natural curiosity of like, okay, I know the basics of the clean and jerk now. I wonder what Pat can do and I wonder how I stack up. And so you start to kind of see that shift a little bit. So would you say, sticking on that point, that maybe the beginner walks into the gym, potentially is a little intimidated maybe by the other members, by the crowd, because they've been there Could for be. a while. They know Could the be. routine. Yep. And the intermediate, a, mind shift, a mindset shift in the intermediate is, now they look at potentially the other people around them a little bit differently. They're a source of motivation or even or yep. uh, positive competition, you know, to, to yeah, push themselves sure. a little bit. Yeah. And, and uh, not just that, but they, you can see that behavior kind of happen inside like the affiliate uh, landscape. You know, you have somebody who's now, they've been coming regularly for, let's say, a year. 
now when a new person comes in, there's, there's a clear distinction there that has nothing to do with like physical capacity, but just like comfort level of the culture. They're the ones now that are kind of the ambassadors of that and passing it on. Uh, you start to see that behavior change as well in the intermediate. I love and, the stories from affiliate owners who, you know, you've got those clients, those intermediate, you know, passionate clients that they know the deal. They know yeah. the jargon, the lingo, <laughs> you know, they've made some gains, they're feeling good. And maybe a new person comes in to check out the gym. The trainer is busy running a class or doing a one-on-one. -on -one. And before that trainer turns around, that client has come up and talked to the new person for 15 minutes and basically sold them a membership already because, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're invested. Yep. They know the deal and they can talk the talk and they've lived it. And they've got, they've got that confidence because they've mm -hmm. had the consistency now playing for quite some time. So Yeah, and you see it happen all the time, right? That's a very regular occurrence where somebody comes in, they're <laughs> consistent enough, they get a little bit more of that, you know, knowledge and self-confidence, all those good things. And yeah, for sure, they become that, you know, the, the ambassador, the, the, I don't know what you call it beyond that. I think yeah, ambassadors are a great one. So if, <laughs> yeah. if those are some of the defining characteristics of an intermediate athlete, how does that athlete measure their progress? So now I think once the basics are kind of out of the way and you have a good baseline of where you are in those certain domains, like you kind of have a sense of how strong you are, you have a sense of how much endurance you have, you know, you have a sense of how skillful you are, you can start to, you know, continue to refine those and push those forward on a personal level. But like I said, I think now is kind of the time when psychologically you start looking towards other people at around the same level and you start to be motivated by can I catch this person? Can I, can I try to keep up with them? Can I beat this person in a workout? You know, and not in necessarily a, an all out competitive way, mm -hmm. but just out of a kind of natural, that's the product of working with other people for a long time as you start to have this kind of back and forth. And I think that's a big part of the, the strength of working out in a group, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the power of the community that's tough yeah. to quantify, but without a doubt, propels everybody forward you know that that po yeah. that positive energy and and even, you see that develop even virtually right like even if you have people that are training in their garages or whatever more than likely they're you know they have the beyond the whiteboard community or they have you know mm -hmm. the crossfit main site or whatever they had they find a pocket of people even that they might not be training with physically together so that they can kind of bounce off of and and determine like where they settle out to some degree and that, once again, links back to if you have that, you're going to have more consistency. If you have more consistency, you're going to have more results, happier clients, and, and round and round we go. Yeah, And then exactly. eventually, at some undetermined period of time, some folks are going to <laughs> arrive in this glorious oasis of the advanced athlete, you know, the oh, yeah. high-level athlete or CrossFitter. So what, what are these mystical creatures that, you know, are they... They walk in water, they'd be on coaching. I mean, what's, what's their deal, some of their characteristics? Well, Pat, all you have to do is just look on your screen right now. And I think you, <laughs> I must think be you got at to. you, not me. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, yeah, I, in my mind, you know, again, if we're kind of playing along this theme of decoupling stage of advancement with raw performance, you know, you could certainly look at just the performance metrics. And you take somebody like a CrossFit Games athlete and you're like, obviously they are advanced because across the board, they perform to a crazy mm -hmm. level of consistency and, and, you know, just raw output. doesn't matter what you throw at them, they're going to excel. So 
surely that is going to be the hallmark of somebody if you're just looking at performance that is advanced. On the other hand, though, I think there's plenty of room for categorizing people as advanced that are never going to turn any heads if you're looking only for that CrossFit Games level of performance. Um, you know, so for example, I'll, I'll use you as a great uh, kind of foil. I think that you would absolutely, under this kind of mentality, be categorized as an advanced athlete. You understand all of the movements. You've got pretty good technique across the board. You have no major gaps in your fitness. Certainly, you've got preferences and things that you are better or worse at. <laughs> right, right. Everybody does. But at the end of the day, like I could text you a workout when we're done this podcast, and there's a very slim chance that I would pass something along to you that you either A, hadn't heard of, or B, wouldn't be able to do, um, sure. you know, or C, wouldn't understand. Sure. So that just the overall baseline understanding, the, is it the, the nomenclature, the environment, all the nuances, those yep. are just, those are baked into a level now that they're second nature, whatever, yeah, you know, and whatever it happens to be. Exactly. And I think you could even take that one step further and say, let's take that example of me texting you a workout. And, you know, I think a hallmark of somebody who is advanced also understands their own limits and whether or not what they are presented with is going to be viable for them. So if I oh, text you this, a, yes. I text you this monster workout and without prompting, you can analyze it and say, okay, I think I should do X, Y, and Z to be able to do this at my level and get something out of it. I think that's the hallmark of a pretty advanced person because the beginner, they, they won't have that skill set yet. The intermediate, maybe they're getting closer, but they'll probably make some choices that aren't going to be as well informed. But the advanced athlete can look at this and say, yes, this is totally appropriate for me or no, here's how I'm going to change it and it's going to be better than the original. Oh, I, for I my, like for my situation. I like that a lot as one of the hallmarks because that that speaks to an actual understanding, right? I mean, yeah. there's that whole whatever, you know, teach a man to fish or give him a fish, right? I mean, so yeah. as you're as you're coming up as an athlete, the coach is continually, ideally, feeding you information about what is appropriate for you in the workout because they start to know you a little bit better than you do. Like, ah, we're going to yeah. rein you back in on this one, chief. No, you know what? You need to stick with prescribed. And you're going to go for it. And then when you get to the point now that you are making those decisions for yourself and they're correct, yeah, you know, because your ego is not getting in the way. So you have the knowledge of self, the knowledge of the methodology, the understanding of weightlifting, gymnastics, monostructural and different time domains and rep schemes to in an instant, you know, you text that, that workout and the loading's 185 going overhead. And I'm like, nope, not, that's not going to happen. I'm going to do 135 mm -hmm. and that's going to be right where I should be. That is a, that's a beautiful place to get to and yeah. um, a place that it doesn't come quick. So almost regardless yeah. of some of these other skills, you haven't mentioned skills yet. It's not like you said, you know what the barrier is? If you can walk on your hands and do a strict ring muscle-up, you are an elite level. You're an advanced level athlete. That well, was never one of the things that you said. It's true. It's not. But I will say that I do think that there is part of that that goes into being like sure. a truly advanced person is that, you know, you should have a pretty short list of things that you either can't do or, mm -hmm. um, you know, can't do well, even if it doesn't translate to fastest in the gym. Right. For sure. Yep. You know, but that baseline of understanding is absolutely paramount. And you know yeah. what else? The, okay. So before I get off on a tangent, those are the characteristics <laughs> of the advanced level athlete. Now, how does that athlete measure progress? 
Oh, that's a great question. And I, I just want to park on that idea of, you know, kind of the self-guided training and the knowledge to do that. And I do think that it's really overlooked sometimes, like the amount of sophistication and experience it takes to do that on a personal level, you know? Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, all you trainers out there and all you people that have been training a long time, like don't discount that. The, the amount that you have had to have steeped yourself in something to reach that level of of understanding is is pretty significant. So mm -hmm. don't don't take that lightly. Anyway, um, getting back to your question, how do you start to, you know, uh, assess your progress? Yeah, uh, track that a little bit. I think then it becomes about pushing out the margins that you know are a little bit weaker, starting to refine some of the skills that you know might not be as strong as your best strengths. Um, and I think it kind of comes down to what your personality supports. I think you can, if you take it like opposite ends of the spectrum and you have somebody who's like the purest kind of economically minded, just straight CrossFit purist, mm -hmm. that person is at the advanced stage going to just methodology, or I'm sorry, um, uh, methodically root out all the weak points of them uh, themselves and just push those out as best they can. But most people aren't like that. They're a little <laughs> bit more regular. Right. And so I think for the, the other end of the spectrum, it's going to be, okay, what is it that keeps you in the game and keeps you motivated to try to beat your previous best on a regular and consistent basis? And maybe that's starting to focus on one aspect of training that you enjoy more than another. Maybe that changes seasonally a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe that's a couple of years at a time that you start to you know, find your little pet uh, uh, enjoyments. Right. Um, I think all of those are pretty good ways to start to rate, rate the progress of the advanced athlete. And, and you know, last thing, I know I'm kind of rambly and I'm not articulating as well as I, I could be, but I think the last thing to note is that progress objectively is going to be much slower at this stage of training. And so you oh, have geez. to be comfortable with the idea that things are going to be incremental at this stage yes i mean uh, yeah when you're a beginner it's raining prs yep and, <laughs> every and day <laughs> when you're an intermediate it's still it still rains pretty regularly oh yeah you know all yeah. things considered you get some sunny days for sure some streaks but but <laughs> they come but then yeah the the longer you've been doing this they are fewer and far between and and highly coveted when they when they occur yep. and you know the, here's here's a quick story about, you know, now we've been doing CrossFit. I think this is like year 16. So the PRs are less frequent than, they, than they've been, right? Maybe for you. But. Maybe for me. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> and, and now what's interesting for me is I'm in a different stage of my life, mm. you know, married, a couple of kids, et cetera, et cetera. And the two worlds collided about know, a few months ago and I had to make a decision. So I was... In the middle of Helen, which is not a bad workout for me. It's moderate loading engine. You just need to suffer. I can do that. And so I was in finished round two of Helen. My wife and kids were gone. <laughs> and I looked at the clock and I can't remember what it was, but you know, I did the quick, the quick math in my head and I said, ooh, if I can hold on to this pace, not not even accelerate, but just hold on to it. I'm going to sneak in like a three-second PR, which in year uh, 16 yeah. is a big deal. Oh, yeah. And so I take off on the 400-meter run. I hit my 200-meter turnaround point. Um, as I'm coming back, my wife uh, 
had, had had the kids in the vehicle, she pulls a little bit past me, like went by me, stopped. Well, one of my kids get out and ran up to me because they wanted to tell me something. I'm in the middle of a, my 400 meter run <laughs> in the middle of a lifetime LNPR. And, and in my head, like the Terminator robot, I'm doing this math of like, I'm like, don't do something stupid. Do the appropriate thing. Okay. You're going to make this defining. Like, what's more important? This young man running up to you, like happy to see you or a lifetime Helen PR that you know you may never get back ever again because all the stars aligned today. And, I, you know, I'm happy to report that I did the right. I stopped, gave him a little hug. We had a chat. We want to tell me about something. I can't even remember what it was, but you know, like something that took like, it was like 30, 45 second little chat. And then he hopped back in the car and then I jogged back in and got, you know, like a, a minute and a half slower than, you know, what I was going to do. But what's funny is, I was probably a whole lot uh, more selfish when I was younger. That would have greatly bothered me many years sure. ago. Oh, but, yeah. But yeah. now, um, I, being in a, you said, different phases of your life, I'm in a, in, a, in a phase of my life now where I kind of understand both things. I understand that PRs are fewer and far between and highly coveted, but they're also potentially not the most important thing if other things are going on in your life. And that's not something I think I always pulled off well. You know, I think it took oh, yeah. me it took me a bit to to get there. So wherever you are in whatever phase of your life <laughs> you're training, like it's um just take a good solid assessment of yourself and and base the decisions that you're making on whatever your perceived goals or priorities are. You know, there yeah. there's might be some person who's you know, would push their own grandmother out of the way to get that Helen PR, you know, like whatever it is, yeah. go for it, but just do it with your eyes wide open. Well, I think that's, uh, I, I love that story, by the way. I think that's great. And I have a question for you about yeah. it in a second. But I think what's kind of interesting about that too, getting back to this idea of like a more advanced athlete, is that I think you also have enough personal experience at that point where you can start to cater what you want out of your program and out of your fitness a little bit more. Whereas in the beginning, it's all so new and there's so much to learn or whatever that you might not even have any more personal goals. It's just like, well, I can't climb the rope yet, so that's my goal. That's great. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. But once you get kind of past those bits and pieces and now you kind of you can do everything generally well, you can start to answer the question, what do I really want to get out of this? And, and if maybe it is a Helen PR every, you know, six months or whatever, in which case you, you, you're going to push your kid out of the way and right. go for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but maybe that is the important thing to you, but probably not. And maybe there's other goals that your fitness is facilitating that you can kind of let go of some other things with that. Uh, so I, do, I think that's also part of the mark of like a more advanced seasoned athlete. Yep. I mean, so here's reason... my question. Uh oh, here we go. Go ahead. <laughs> what, what did you write in your workout log? after that workout was done. <laughs> I, I made actually a little couple sentence blur about that, like, was on PR pace. <laughs> Could have been half, somebody. <laughs> halfway through third run, unscheduled stop with child, you know, or something like it. that. Yep, that was, yep. that was about it. But uh, so all the things that we just talked about are different ways to measure progress, different ways to, you know, categorize athletes of course it could be more what i really found interesting was that you didn't have these specific times on workouts loadings in the barbell or whatnot although you, we could draw those correlations yeah so if anyone watching or listening enjoys those correlations you can geek out as much as you want right you can you can dive into the beyond the whiteboard app 
go to any particular workout. You could go to Helen, like I just said, and call Helen up and see what is what do people do in the 80th percentile of that workout? What's a middle of the road 50th percentile, 30th percentile, and get an idea of potentially where you fall. And you also have a fitness level on your app that you can track your own fitness and measures eight different categories. And I think you need to do two different workouts to unlock each category. So if you if you're like fitness level, what are you talking about? I don't have a number on there. You probably haven't unlocked each of the categories yet. So mm. tap on that, dive in, and if one has a little padlock on it, tap on that particular one. There's a you can scroll and scroll and scroll through a ton of workouts, find one that that you have the capability to do, knock it out, and you'll go ahead and unlock that little uh, that little jewel. So you can enjoy. Do you happen to know what your uh, number is on the on the app there? You know, I don't anymore. I used to, but I don't anymore. I think I used to hover around like 75th percentile, but <sighs> I, don't, I don't know if that's the I don't know if that's the case anymore. I think it's probably lower. Yeah, to be I would I would buy but, that. I'm, I'm at a 69 right now, so I would buy that you're uh, at a 75. You're at, if you're at a 69, then I'm definitely lower than that. My I yeah. I disagree, but uh, <laughs> but whatever it is, check it out if you want. You know, go into the comments on YouTube, post whatever your fitness level happens to be, or. Uh, just leave us comments or thoughts in general. I go there, I read them, Boz checks them out, and we'll get ideas for future shows. We want to hear what's on your mind, whether you're just a recreational athlete, are you a trainer, are you a gym owner, whatever it happens to be. Throw those in the comments. We'll pay attention, and who knows? You'll get mentioned on the show. So that's Could happen. It. Yeah, it could happen. So appreciate it, Boz, and until next time.